Hi, and welcome to the Sheep Show podcast dedicated to all things ovine. Thank you for joining me. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. This is your podcast to learn more, know more and achieve more when it comes to shepherding. Come with me as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. For those of you who follow the uh, Holster Valley Farm Instagram account or Facebook account, you might know that we have been preparing for some sheep shows that are coming up. And of course, very exciting, you know, lots of activity and I'm really trying to um, really trying to focus on uh, getting our sheep up to show standard. Up to show standard really means, and you probably, if you've listened to some of the, the other podcasts like Simon's podcast, Getting Ready for Shows, there is a lot to do with actually getting that animal to it look its best, in that it's it's growing well, it's getting well fed, it's getting well looked after. And of course, when you do these sorts of things, you're kind of interfering a little bit with nature. And this is uh, this little podcast really starts to explore that. What happens when you mess with nature a little bit too much? One of the, the things I've been doing is um, slowly trying to increase the amount of protein that my, particularly the lambs are getting, the lambs that are wanting to get up to um, show standard and really have them look their best. And I've done some research on some best feed for, for lambs and I uh, settled on a mixture of lupin, uh, cr- crushed lupin and barley. And just so we know, uh, I suppose a little bit of little bit of history here about a sheep. Sheep, like cattle, are ruminants. So they eat forage, feed, and that ferments in the rumen. Now, the rumen has a, a, an ideal pH of around about 6.5. And this allows the bacteria um, to live in the rumen and the bacteria aid in the fermentation. And that's what feeds a sheep, basically. Uh, and the pH is maintained by the sheep where they create a, a buffer by means of bicarbonate, bicarbonate in their saliva when they ruminate or chew their cud. So the chewing of the cud that sheep does actually pr- promotes that rumen health. It helps them digest their feed. Now, grain in particular, of course, messes a little bit with, with that. And particularly with grain, grain has higher carbon hydrate content, which can change the process of fermentation in the rumen. And of course, things can go a little bit wrong. Hence, my conversation with you on this particular podcast. Yeah, just sharing all the warts and all, as I normally do, you know, no, no, uh, no holds barred here um, from, uh, from the Sheep Show podcast. Uh, a few little things to think about if you are going to introduce some, uh, some grain to your sheep for whatever reason. It might even be for your lactating or pregnant ewes to help them prevent pregnancy toxemia and things like that. Uh, but w- when we actually sort of look at that, we need to be aware that that grain changes the rumen and particularly can change the rumen pH. Now, particularly whole grains require, um, require that sheep to chew produces again a lot of saliva and that aids in the rumen pH. But some grains have a very high starch content, which means a carbohydrate starch content, which means they ferment really, really quickly. And of course, quick fermentation, this is particularly with 
large quantities of lactic acid that's produced from the fermentation process can produce or can lead to um, grain toxicity, grain poisoning, acidosis and bloat. Now, the scientific description of acidosis is where the sheep ingests toxic amounts of highly fermentable carbohydrates and that is followed by a, a reasonably quick, you know, within about two to six hours change of the microbial population in the rumen. So basically the bacteria in the rumen change. And when there is an increase in certain types of the bacteria, they produce much more quantities of lactic acid than that animal can actually deal with. So having whole grain in their diet can actually mean or lead to these particular things and rumen upsets in particular. So this introduces a, full, a challenge for us, particularly if we're going to use a, uh, a, an automatic feeder or what's sometimes called an ad lib feeder or a lick feeder. Hence my story, my recent story of doing this. Now, I've done this before. I've introduced animals slowly to grain, particularly pregnant or lactation animals, introduced them to grain and haven't had problems. Um, in this case, I went from introducing them from a hand feeding ration to filling uh, a grain hopper, or a, in this case, we use what's called a jackie bin, which is just like a, 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 a or a, a bin, a lick feeder, which, so the, sorry, the grain is stored in the jackie bin, and then we put it in the lick feeder for the sheep to actually have feed ad lib. Now, you can adjust the feeder, the lick feeder, to quantities. Uh, what I did on the weekend was added in oh, 20 kilos of barley, 20 kilos of lupins into that feeder. And I gave my, I gave probably four of my um, lambs acidosis. Now, um, and I suppose I just want to really talk about this exactly. And we've talked about it a, a, a bit a second ago about what exactly we're talking about here. I want to explore what the signs are and what the what the treatment is yeah in terms of prevention and then sort of emergency treatment to uh, to help us in the sheep community not sort of you know inadvertently kill our lambs which is what I nearly did good news is no one died okay so far anyway and I don't think to be honest the the death that that often happens here is is quite rapid so I, I think I have managed it um, or they have managed it themselves because you've got to look at nature here as well, reasonably well. So um, they, they had acidosis. So they, they had too much grain too soon and those carbohydrates were released into the rumen, rapidly fermented, and the bacteria caused that lactic acid resulting in acidosis or, and that can introduce then slowing of the rumen, can introduce dehydration and can actually introduce death. Wheat and barley are the most common causes of grain overload. Occasionally, oats and lupin. Crushing, uh, crushing or cracking the grain increases the likelihood of grain overload. Now, I was feeding whole grains, so that's a benefit. But we, we can see grain overload with any introduction of grain. Uh, sheep and goats and, and cattle of any age can be affected by acidosis. Of course, we're talking here about sheep, the um, but... Uh, that really they they need to they need to be introduced slowly. Now I did introduce them to to it quite slowly. It's just that they just had too much too soon 
or too much all of a sudden with that lick feeder and they they weren't able to really just cope with the the amount. They basically just gorged and it, it was obviously just a few of them. How I noticed their change in behavior, I think a lot of, I think sheep farming, but farming generally is observation. You know, I, I was listening to a book recently and it was talking about eyes on acres. And I just thought that was so good. We've got to get our eyes and got to see the appearance of our animals. And these sheep that I saw had a depressed appearance. Now, they did have diarrhea, which is obviously another sign. They had no bloating. And if it is bloating, it's often on the left side of the abdomen where the rumen is sort of most active. And they often have, and my, one of mine had a staggering gait. So sort of a stiff leg or this stance where they're standing like a bit of a sawhorse. Their legs are sort of out in front of them and, and out behind them. Now, my symptoms were depression, um, and the, the, the diarrhea and one with the staggering gait that I was particularly concerned about. So I, I suppose the, the, the lesson here is prevention is better than cure. How, how frequently have we have sort of heard that? If we really want to stop the ingestion of a high poisoning, toxic amount of high fermentable carbohydrates, then really prevention is much, much better than cure. So, and, and prevention is, is quite key. So we can use that or do that prevention by transitioning slowly. So we're talking about small quantities of grain increased over time. So this might mean 50 grams, 60 grams, 100 grams, and we're getting them up to no more than about 500 grams each per day. Now me putting in, listen to it again, 20 kilos of barley, 20 kilos of lupin for probably about 15 sheep, only of which I think probably eight of them got access to it or, or found it fast enough to eat it. Not a good idea. Yeah, maybe if I'd put in five, five kilos or a mixture, that would have been much, much better. A few things that I think saved me were that they they had grain, they had been having grain for the past at least month, if not more. So they had had daily grain. The other thing that really saved me, I think, and this can again be a very good prevention strategy, is have them have pasture or hay available because that keeps the rumen functioning. Or feed them up on hay before you introduce the grain. So not letting them get hungry because, of course, if they're hungry, they will gorge. So transitioning slowly, having other forage available like hay or pasture, and then introducing that before you top up the ad lib feeder or whatever it might be. So really trying to look at those elements. So, hey, who knew prevention is better than than um, than treatment? Now, for the treatment, what I did do is, and treatment does need to be aggressive and does need to be early. So we want to act within, ideally, the first couple of hours, but no more. You know, really, we're we're wanting to act within the first twelve to twenty-four hours of an overload. Now, you think about some of the things we just talked about there in terms of the rumen and how the rumen works. So we need to put in a buffer back into the rumen. So I tried a number of things bicarb soda, a bicarb soda mixture, about four tablespoons of bicarb soda in about 200 mils of water. For me, I just really try and find how much bicarb can I mix with water till I get a bit of a, a wet mixture or a mixture I can syringe up. That's what I'm aiming for. So trying to get 
full syringes. And then we want to try and get, if we can, about 200 mils of that into that particular animal to really create that buffer. Now, just a, um, penning them up and syringing them down the throat over the, over the tongue is the best way to do it. I also had on hand several oral probiotics and prebiotics. So these often come, you might often see them, they're often horse, um, horse uh, equipment or horse tools. And one of them is called D-Scour that I use quite a lot if I have scouring animals. And that's a great one. And it's purely just probiotics and very suitable for, for sheep. And I had another one as well that I was able to administer. And again, just down the throat. So the really serious ones got, got a high dose of that. Um, you can also give things like mineral oil and activated charcoal. If you have antibiotics like a penicillin, you can use that as well, particularly an oral antibiotic. I didn't, um, but you could also give other injectables as well. So things like antihistamines or anti-inflammatories or even anti-pain medication as well, if you have that on hand. I didn't give them anything like that. I focused on my bicarb and I focused on my uh, probiotics. I tried that. And then I did something even more out there. I gave them a fecal transplant. I made a fecal soup with feces from a healthy sheep mixed with water and I injected them with that. And again, I'm wanting to look at, you know, aggressive treatment. And I know it, this is quite controversial, but they do it for humans as well. Because basically what I want to do is I want to get the, the right levels of bacteria and the right sort of bacteria back into their rumen. And no better bacteria than the bacteria that's going to be in the other sheep that we know are healthy. So, um, yeah, I know it's a lot to take in and it's pretty scary. And, and to be honest, I, I've had it before, but it's been way too late. I had one of my animals die. I wasn't there, so no eyes on the uh, on the acres in this particular one. But the animal did die, and you could see their their really extended tummy, and that was again from from grain. Um, a few other things to, to think about here, again, as I mentioned, you know, feeding them daily, 50 grams, followed by increases of 50 grams up until about um, 500 grams per day and, and really trying to cap it at that. Um, oats and lupins, prefer, preferably to wheat and barley. Pros and cons, of course. Corn is another one where you can find acidosis will happen as well. So if you're feeding whole corn, some Premixes can add, if you're having a premixed grain for your sheep, they can add in a, an acidosis buffer, a very high acidosis buffer, which is basically just bicarb. I haven't tried this. I haven't tried adding in my own bicarb, but you know what? I think I will in the future, just adding in that actual bicarb into the grain and mixing it in uh, for for that. Um, you you can also start, start with oats and then varying the oats and barley or oats and wheat and sort of play around with the, the measurements potentially as well. Monitoring. The other thing to really be aware of here and um, is your vaccinations, particularly when you have lambs and particularly when you change the diet of your lambs, the biggest risk is pulpy kidney uh, and, and 
palpy kidney is again a, a, a disease. If, if you do vaccinate for, for five in one or, or six in one, you'll be vaccinating for pulpy kidney. And it's one of those diseases that actually can be um, prevented uh, by, do, by using your vaccination. And it, a pulpy kidney occurs when the a bacteria that normally inhabits the intestine um, doesn't doesn't cause any problems, starts to multiply. And of course, this can happen when we have the bacteria multiplying because of the grain toxicity. Does that make sense? So rapidly, um, rapidly multiplying bacteria in the rumen can can cause pulpy um, pulpy kidney. Pulpy kidney, for those of you, the scientific name is enterotoxemia. Uh, particularly happens in your um, your lambs, can happen in ewes as well. And of course, when we vaccinate with five and one, we also vaccinate for pulpy kidney in, sh in, in all sheep. Um, so that's another um, disease. Now, it, again, it's, a, it's, it's in that family of clostridial diseases because the bacterium is actually a bacterium called clostridium perfringens. Uh, that can build up when there's a flood and change, particularly low fiber, high carb, things like wheat, things like barley, those sorts of things. So hopefully that's helped you uh, a little bit sort of prepare and think about was the challenges with changing rumen, but at the same time we're doing that perhaps to prevent other things like pregnancy toxemia and news, or maybe, you know, working on getting our lambs, even to finish lambs or whatever it might be. If you do finish lambs on grain, I don't personally, but some of you might. Um, we often associate these sorts of things with feedlots, but they can happen anywhere we are trying to supplement or complement feed with our sheep. And again, prevention is better than cure. The other thing I wanted to say to you was, this is the last podcast in season two. So thank you so much for listening, coming with me on the warts and all journey that we go on every week in the Sheep Show podcast. So I've really appreciated you listening. I've loved all the messages, all the emails, Facebook messages and um, reviews and so on. And uh, love to hear more, of course. Please feel free to get in touch with me, jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au or find Holston Valley Farm or find, uh, on Facebook or on Insta. And we've got a lot of behind-the-scenes episodes on Instagram. If you haven't checked them out, have a look for some behind-the-scenes episodes that you might be interested in that, we, that I record on uh, on our farm we're obviously coming into the last month before lambing so i'm going to get preparing for lambing and you'll be very happy to know if you listen to the lambing diaries last year i'm bringing back the lambing diaries so the lambing diaries will be back in to late july august where we will explore all the experiences i am lambing 130 ewes, I think, this year or thereabouts. I always forget. I have sold a few lately, but around about that. And so, yes, even more shenanigans, even more stories, even more experiences that we can share together during the Lambing Diaries. Um, I also have a podcast coming up which will look at, I know we just talked about bloat in, in the rumen here with acidosis and, and rumen bloat. We'll also have a scientific vet 
doing a podcast or having a, uh, giving you some advice on bloat in lambs. So this is bloat in your bottle, particularly bottle-fed lambs. So if you haven't heard of Says the Vet on YouTube, check Says the Vet out. She'll be coming up in an upcoming podcast to help us prepare for any bottle babies we might have, and particularly looking at that um, bloat in uh, in our bottle-fed lambs. So that'll be interesting as well, and of course, a lot about the rumen as well. So thank you so much for listening throughout all of season two, and I very much look forward to bringing season three to you in a couple of weeks. Sheep well. You've been listening to the Sheep Show podcast with Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm. Is there a topic you would like us to cover and explore? Is there an interview you would like us to hold or an expert you'd like us to talk to? Please send us an email and we'll see what we can do to help you keep your learning going. You can email me at jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, sheep well.